You're listening to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Podcast, where every run is a trail party. I'm your host, Kim Levinsky, and today's episode is the recording from our Facebook Live interview series on Sunday, October 10th, 2021. The tables were turned, and I was the one in the hot seat being interviewed by my friend, Kaylin Hopkins. I got to share about my 100-mile fun run up in New York on September 25 and 26, 2021. The Hudson Highlands, hell no, hellhole hundo. So sit back and relax or go out and hit the trails and enjoy the show. So hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Run Venture Facebook Live series. My name is Kim Levinsky. I'm the owner and race director for Sasquatch Trail Runners in New Jersey. So tonight the tables are turned and I am in the hot seat going to be interviewed by my dear friend, Kaylin Hopkins, who's on the screen. Uh, so she is here tonight to help us out. She's going to ask all the hard pressing questions. And uh, if you're watching, you are welcome to drop some questions in the chat. I will relay them to Kaylin as the night goes on. So real quick, I'm going to share what's going on with Sasquatch Trail Running. We'll run through our Squatchy announcements. So next up on our trail party calendar, we just added this event yesterday or the day before uh, next Wednesday night at seven o'clock. We are back to our night trail run. This is targeted towards our newbies and back of the packers. So we're doing a little location change. If you were at the uh, the last night run, you'll remember we had a little run in with the sheriff's department. So uh, we're not going back to South Mountain. We're going to the West Essex Trail. That's in Verona. This is a flat rail trail. So it's it's uh, it, it's only one direction. Uh, you can't get lost. There's no turns. All you have to do is run straight. So this is a really good event to bring out any new trail runners that you might be friends with, or if you're a new a newbie listening, or you're back of the packer worried about the group run thing, getting lost or falling behind. This is the event for you. Really good opportunity to try night trails as well. So you can do as far as three miles out and back, which would be six, or you can turn around anywhere you want to make that uh, run longer or shorter. So that is next Wednesday night, seven o'clock. We're meeting next to the Verona High School at the trailhead for the West Essex Trail. And then after that, on Saturday, October 23rd, 9 a.m., we are having our annual Run, Hike, Eek event at Hacklebarney State Park in Chester, New Jersey. So this has become a squatchy tradition for us. We head out to the park at Peak Foliage. This is an awesome, it is so beautiful, this park. Um, it is one of the best spots in New Jersey to check out the leaves. So this is a go-your-own-pace, run-hike-your-own-route type an event. It's a meetup. So we're going to meet at the park at 9 a.m. And then you'll go out on your own, explore the park. And then afterwards, we head over to the Hackleberry Cider Mill, which is a mile away, and it has the best apple cider donuts. So this is really fun. It's family-friendly, newbie-friendly, great opportunity to meet new people. So you can come on your own and then connect with other Sasquatters, and we'll all hang out at the park before heading over to the cider mill. Um, so then our next official race, those two events that I mentioned are free events. Our next race timed event is on Saturday, October 30th. That is the last Squatch standing. This is a Sasquatch OG event. It's been going on since 2018. This is at the South Mountain Reservation in West Orange, New Jersey. So this puts that Squatchy twist on the Backyard Ultra. You have to complete the one mile loop in the allotted time or you get eliminated. So time comes off of the clock every loop. So this is a test of both your speed and endurance. It's very, very fun. We're getting down to the end with spots. I think there's less than 10 spots available. So that is on ultrasignup.com. And then we've got our annual Squatchy Leftovers race. This is Thanksgiving weekend on November 27th. Uh, this year, we're going from 5k all the way up to 50k. So it's on a 5k loop. 
It's about three miles long, 300 feet of elevation. And uh, that is on Saturday, November 27th at the South Mountain Reservation in West Orange, New Jersey. And then last up for us for the year is at um, Wayweyanda State Park on December 18th. It is our annual ugly sweater full moon night race. And it's actually on a full moon uh, that Saturday. So that's pretty fun. Uh, you can do four or eight miles under the full moon and um, stick around afterwards to roast some marshmallows around the bonfire. So there are rumors, I will tell you, there are rumors of a eggnog slog happening. Um, <laughs> depends on how much, um, how much poppy, you know, if we get some votes for that, we will put that on. Last year, it was a, um, it was a virtual event. So people went and did it on their own. And uh, this year, there has been talks of making it in person, which would be disgusting and amazing. So if you want that to happen, start pestering me now and we'll find a date to put that on the calendar. <laughs> so I know it's disgusting. Um, yeah, it's like 32 <laughs> ounces of eggnog over the course of a mile. Gross. <laughs> uh, oh man, Scott Snell is watching. He, he was one of the eggnog slog champions last year. So <laughs> um, we'll see what happens to that. So if you want it to happen, let me know and we'll get it on the calendar. So um, anyway, that's it for our announcements for what's going on with Sasquad. Um, like I mentioned before, Caitlin is here. She's going to be doing the interviews. She's going to take the reins. If you have questions along the way, you can drop it into the chat um, on the side and I can send them over to Kaylin. We can get them going throughout the evening. Um, we also have a really fun giveaway happening. We've got a 30-liter Fast Packer brand new bag. And um, that is going to go to the winner of a trivia question that we're going to have later on. So it'll be towards the end of the interview. So we're going to hook you in to stick around for that. So whoever gets the question right the fastest, you'll have to comment in the chat. Um, you will get the bag and we're going to ship it out to you. So Kaylin, what do you think? Should we start this? I think so. I think so. I, I know I've been getting a lot of questions about this hundred miler. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't seen you for about two weeks, right? It's been, was it two weeks ago? Two weeks. We haven't seen each other since, since the incident. Incredible. Incredible. Okay. So I apologize ahead of time. If I'm looking down, it's just that I have my uh, questions written on my lap. So with okay. that said, um, let's just start, take it from the basics. Um, what, what was the concept behind um, the Hudson Highlands 100? Or as you call it, and I'll let you fill that in. <laughs> <laughs> it has been renamed the Hudson Highlands Hell No Hell Hole Hundo. So we'll see if that name gets approved on the fastest gnome time website. I'm not sure. <laughs> it has been submitted. So we'll see what the uh, FKT admin have to say about that name. Um, but yeah, the backstory on the Highlands uh, Hundo. So I was signed up to do the Tahoe 200 race that was scheduled to be the second weekend in September. And two weeks before me and my crew were supposed to fly out to, um, to Tahoe, the race was canceled because of the uh, the wildfires that were raging through California, the Caldor fires. So, um, you know, this was uh, something that I had been training for for a year, pretty much since last September. So it was 
obviously really disappointing. I mean, disappointing and challenging on a lot of levels. Like you had the, the weight of like these wildfires are destroying people's homes and, and the trails that are out there. And then also the disappointment of like me and 200 plus other people had been training for this event for a really long time, you know, a crew, we were all excited to go out there. So there was a lot kind of like to work through with that. And I was, um, you know, I knew it was going to be disappointing when we heard the news. Uh, I just didn't realize like how, how big of a blow it was going to be. It was really, it was a tough, you know, thing to work through emotionally, but, um, so everyone, everyone and their mom had ideas for what I should do instead. <laughs> I'm sure they came flowing in pretty quickly, right? Yes. <laughs> like the day after, maybe even the night of, um, friends were reaching out and, you know, first of all, so many amazing people reaching out and just saying, like, I'm so sorry about Tahoe. And like, I know you trained really hard for it. Um, but then it was like, what are you going to do instead? What's next? What's next? Um, which I didn't know. There wasn't a plan B. There was never a plan B of like what would happen if Tahoe was canceled. So um, it was fun to hear some ideas. There were a lot of really crazy ones, uh, which I didn't end up really doing anybody's idea, obviously. <laughs> um, but I ended up, you know, taking a little bit of time off and um, I traveled out to Colorado to visit some friends just to get away. And, and I went out there the, at the time that I was supposed to be at Tahoe. So while I was out there, I was trying to just think through like, what would be, you know, something else that I can do in place of Tahoe 200. And I had had this idea in the back of my mind of this idea I came up with about a year and a half ago, two years ago with making some kind of big loop in the Hudson Highlands. That's my favorite place to train. I did a lot of my training there this last year. I love those trails. The mountains are just beautiful. Anyone who's been there would, I'm sure they would agree. There's some of the most gorgeous trails in our area. Um, and so I went back to that idea, you know, the first, when I thought about it two years ago, I thought like, this is impossible. I can never do this. It's going to be a hundred miles over 20,000 feet of climbing. And then when I looked at it with fresh eyes, you know, a year, a year or two later, I was like, Oh, well, maybe, maybe this is possible to do this. And so I spent um, it was like six hours straight. I had my laptop and all the maps out and the GPX and finally made the route. And it came out to a little less than a hundred miles and 22,000 feet of climbing. Um, and yeah, let, can I just, let's, let's talk about this climbing because <laughs> we're not talking about like rolling Hills that just like gradually build up the burr. This is, pretty straight up and down. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's not, it's not gently trails. yeah, it wasn't gently rolling hills, like the description you see in some, some trail races. I mean, you really created a beast of a course. Um, I mean, pacers were behind you looking up or looking down just to be, it, I, I just, people need to really understand the type of trails these are the there was no slope <laughs> <laughs> it's true all you know all the climbs were and i know you know like i can be animated sometimes talking about trails because i'm passionate but it really was gnarly like we we hit i mean basically in, if you drew that circle on the map it hit every mountain like it it hit uh, Anthony's nose didn't have to but the route did it went out of the way to do Anthony's nose that was it out and back uh, from there, it went 
over to Cold Spring. You did Bull Hill. Again, didn't have to do that. It was out of the way, but went up and down Bull Hill. And then uh, Breakneck Ridge was next. That was at mile 30. And anyone who's done Breakneck, I mean, that's like a rock scramble. I think it's like 11 or 1200 feet in less than a mile. Um, and that's just a straight shot up. It keeps going. It went from uh, Breakneck Ridge to Mount Beacon Fire Tower and then Fishkill Ridge and then shoots back down. And then the other side of the Hudson, it hit, it hit Storm King Mountain. We did all the trails there. And then uh, Black Rock Forest, unnecessary climbs in there. <laughs> and then once it eventually got out and back over to Bear Mountain, we did uh, Popolope and Torn and Bear Mountain and through Doodletown to the finish. So it really did hit like every mountain possible. And I know like we had some laughs about that of like, this is unnecessary, <laughs> these climbs. <laughs> well, you did. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, we don't, we may not have the same vert that they have on the West Coast trails, but these are some pretty gnarly climbs um, that I'm sure uh, many people would agree with me on. So congrats to you. And I think that's really where this hell no hell hole uh, <laughs> name came from, right? think so you were there when um the name changed it was after it was like sunrise after storm king and black rock and i was just like this this original name of hudson valley traverse is so lame and it does not capture <laughs> it does not capture what we are experiencing right now <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean it was pretty incredible um so kudos to you um let's talk about your team a little bit um, like your, your in-person pacer slash crew team. Um, can you actually bring me through, I know the first 22 miles you did it solo and then everything kind of came together, the whole team. Can you talk to me a little bit about that experience and also kind of in light of, I'm sure a lot of people, sometimes they would really like crews with it when they do their races just um and and sometimes they don't know how that comes about the whole process um so if you could talk a little bit about that yeah yeah so i initially pitched the idea to the original ladies who were coming out to tahoe and that was met with a lot of enthusiasm um and so we started planning around that and then you know i reached out to a few other friends and said hey i'm doing this do you have plans for this weekend <laughs> and I mean if you're in the ultra world usually the response is like that sounds like a terrible idea when is it and how can I join you <laughs> so that's pretty much what happened and so the crew started rounding out and then once I put it I shared the idea on social media a few more people reached out and that kind of finalized the pacers that were going to come out for it so it was awesome. Like I got to do the first chunk by myself, um, which I, I wanted to do. I wanted to start alone and just kind of get into a rhythm and not worry about like meeting somebody in the morning and like worrying about pace, just kind of get into the flow. Um, and then my friend Robin Chase met me for uh, miles 22 to 40. And um, she really went through a lot during, <laughs> during that time. I mean, every part of the the run was difficult, but that was just, it was so much climbing. It was just, I mean, we pretty much climbed from cold spring all the way up into the end of Fishkill Ridge. And then it was like, it took a couple miles to get off of the ridge, but um, 
that was a lot of fun. <laughs> what condition did she get you in? Because I know you were doing a lot of live streaming and I mean, you had your smile on, but there was, I think something about bug spray you may have forgotten. So how did she get you when you finally met her? I honestly, I was not in a good spot mentally because my, my IT band was starting to flare up like five, five hours into the run. And um, I've had like on and off ITB issues, but you know, I wasn't expecting it to start bothering me five hours in when I knew it was going to take 35 to 40 hours to cover the distance. So, you know, Robin, we run, we train a lot together and she's actually had her struggles with ITB issues. So, I mean, if she was the perfect person to kind of just confide in unload and, you know, she's been there, done that. So, you know, she helped me really make a plan and just stay calm and stay collected on like, okay, like it's bothering you, but these are, this is what we're going to do to keep it in check. And so at that point, the goal was just to like, keep it happy. So we really slowed down all the downhills where like, that would be the opportunity to kind of like get some speed, get moving. Um, but instead we just like really slowed it down just to keep the IT band, uh, happy. And I would say by the time we got off Fishkill Ridge, I was completely out of my mind. Um, you saw some of the videos on there. <laughs> I mean, no, we, I can't we, imagine. <laughs> we, we really had some good memories that were made, um, on Fishkill Ridge. It was, I mean, it was, it's crazy. It was crazy. It was like 40 miles in and it had taken like 17 hours to finish the 40 miles. And at that point it was, I think I had gotten close to like, 10 or 11,000 feet of climbing, um, in, in the first half. So, um, she's a very patient and compassionate friend. I would say that. <laughs> okay. So you got through that section with her and that section, did it include breakneck? Yeah. Yep. So the yeah. breakneck was around mile 30. Okay. So you got the really tough. Well, no, the whole thing was tough, but like you started right from the beginning with the tough stuff. Yeah, there really wasn't, I think the only easy section would be the road that was next because it was flat. I mean, it was just pavement. And then I think the four or five miles that you and I and Ryan did that were on those like kind of Jeep roads through the military reservation, mm -hmm. that was probably the easiest part, but the rest was kind of yeah. cray cray. <laughs> so you met your team and I have to, so after Robin, you met your next team. So if you could introduce yes. them and I have to say in the background, you know, we were all texting each other and just really like excited cheering you on and like making sure furiously that you were <laughs> in like the right headspace and doing everything that we were doing everything that we needed for you logistic wise. Yeah. So who did you meet next? Yeah. So, so after that, we got to the trailhead for Mount Beacon, which is, um, it's in the town of Beacon and there waiting for me was Jana Shernetz, Rebecca Constant and Joe Brandine. And so they met me, you know, I, 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 like I said, I was out of my mind. I was shouting. I actually told Robin, like, I hope that those lights we see are actually, uh, police and they're telling us that <laughs> we would be arrested for trespassing because the park was closed <laughs> and then the run would be shut down. Um, so we were, Aww. we were really laughing pretty hard at the, at the, uh, at the car there and, and they let me get it all out. Like, I think they knew like 
Kim needs to vent and then we'll refocus. Cause I, I was like, guys, have you done the math? Like do the math. It's, it's, it's been like 17 hours and we're not even halfway. I was like, it's going to take 50 hours. And, uh, Joe, you know, he can always make me laugh. He said something like, oh, we did do the math, but it's actually going to be 49 hours, you know? And so <laughs> we're really laughing at that. But um, after that, you know, Jana said, Jana and Becca were like, you need to stop looking at your watch and just move forward because, you know, they knew that we were going to move faster on the road. Um, they knew that, you know, I was thinking about doing a total reset at, at the next trailhead and trying to sleep a little bit. Um, so, I mean, just time and time again, everybody who was with us, like everyone was, is experienced ultra runners. And so I think they knew, like, they knew the right things to say, yeah. you know, which was really yeah. helpful. So, um, yeah. that was, that was the road section. And then, um, a few miles into that, we picked up another Sasquad runner. Uh, his name is Mason Crow. And then we met two more guys on the bridge who would surprise me who are great friends, uh, Matt Klein and Dougie Wilson. And they were like, they, they coordinated with Becca. Becca was the only one who knew they were going to surprise me. And they were like huddled. They were hiding like on the side of the bridge, like in the middle of Mount Beacon bridge, which is like two miles long. And, um, we saw these headlamps sitting, like we could see people sitting on the ground. And I told Mason, he's re recently retired from the us army i said mason like this is the reason you're here so you need to get up in front and protect us <laughs> and then the closer we got we started hearing the voices like oh my gosh that's maddie that's dougie and, uh, it was like it was the best it was really a great surprise that's awesome so um if i remember correctly um one of your pacers uh, is a physical therapist. And I know that she taught me a skill that was invaluable, but I, I want you to give her the credit, please share. Uh, Becca, Becca single-handedly saved the run. I mean, I could say that for every, every single person had such an amazing role in it. Um, but Becca, she's a PT and we were probably a few miles out from the trailhead. My IT band was just aching. And so I was really starting to spiral because we were on the road at that point and it was, it was hurting so much. And I knew like, Holy cow, like this, we're only going to hit 50 when we get there. And we still have storm King, black rock, all of these really big monster climbs and descents. And so I said like, guys, we, we need to stop. We got to just figure something out. And so we, we pulled off to the side of the road. And also just to give you the visual, Joe Brandine was in his car and then Matt and Dougie were in their car. And so they were like leapfrogging us the whole way on this road That's section, awesome. which was also really amazing. <laughs> uh, but we pulled off to the side and Becca's like, I'm going to take care of this right now. And so she comes over to the side and takes her two thumbs and just digs them into uh, the lateral quad and goes right down the side of my IT band. I was like, howling it was so painful yeah we did that like a dozen times and it could just feel this huge release like there was a knot like it had locked up and the pain was gone it was I swear it was like Mr. Miyagi in the karate kid like it was the hand thing and yeah. totally took the pain away um and I I couldn't believe it I was really shocked and then she went she showed you and Lena how to do it yeah 
And then you guys pass it on to then Jana uh, on the following mm-hmm. leg. And I did not, like, I could feel a, a few times the rest of the run, I could, I could feel it start to flare up a little bit, but then we would just stop and do that, that really deep tissue massage and it was gone, like no pain. And it's, it's yeah. insane because I was like, I was really hurting um, for the first, like probably miles uh, 10, 10 to 45 was just, I was just really whining like a baby. So, um, it was amazing to have that relief. (laughs) Incredible. No, I mean, I I would agree. I, um, once she taught me, I didn't realize like the amount of pressure that I needed to put. Yeah. Um, I had bruises on my quad after the race, after the run, there were bruises from you guys had your thumbs digging in, but yeah, it worked. So, Yeah. So, um, the next section, that's where you met, uh, by this time, well, you were kind of already into the night section. So 52 to 82, that's where I'll let you take it away. Yes. So I I also want to say like, that was one of the most special moments of the entire run was when we got to that trailhead. It's called the, I think it's like the Ellie Etsy Halley trailhead. And yeah. so we had come with, with our squad, which was seven people. And then you, Ryan Thorpe and Lena Peterson were at the trailhead waiting for us. And it was, <laughs> you know, a group of 11 people. This is like one in the morning. And um, it was a party. It was, it was amazing. It was like, it was such yeah. a special emotional moment because like we were all out there <sighs> together and I was just so like, I, I just had so much gratitude that you guys like, all of you guys have families and you guys all came out in the middle of the night and like we're on sketchy roads with me to make sure I was safe. And then, you know, helping me do the whole reset with changing and, um, you know, eating, you guys brought food, um, hot ramen. Lena had the super cush, uh, sleep set up. Her sleep set up was amazing. Yeah. So you got like about 30 minutes while you're sleeping, I think we were all just trying to make sure I, and I could be wrong, but I had never, um, paced you. So I didn't know, um, like, and and I think this is important when people pace really knowing the person and knowing how you're going to set things up, how you're, how you're going to push those buttons when they need to be pushed because it's not easy. Um, but I really relied on, uh, your core group of girls that know you so well. So shout out to them. Um, but you got your 30 minutes in, let's talk about this night section. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, even I wasn't able to sleep, but the 30 minutes of just laying down and like, took off shoes and socks and just let the feet kind of chill for a little bit. That was really Mm -hmm. huge. And I want to say like, you guys came over with eye of the tiger playing on your phone and (laughs) (laughs) it was amazing. You guys are blasting that, um, to get me out of the sleeping bag. So, um, Yeah. yeah. So the next, the next section was storm King mountain and, um, those trails are rugged. They're rugged. They're technical, sharp rocks, steep descents and climbs. Um, so we basically hit, we ran literally every trail in, in Storm King mountain. So it was kind of like, a uh, a little bit like a figure eight shape on a map. So you, you do a, a small loop and then a really the large loop and then climb up to the top basically, and then shoot out 
to Black Rock Forest. So, um, man, we saw like just an amazing sunrise. That was another like really big highlight. I mean, that was so beautiful seeing the sunrise because it, it was timed perfectly. We had come to the summit of Storm King and the sky was like orange and purple. And you took some really cool pictures um, of the sunrise yeah. there. That was really cool. It was great. And I have to say one of the really cool things about this course, whenever anyone runs it or it becomes a race, yeah. <laughs> is that I don't think that it matters whoever's running it at any point when they hit the nighttime. It was so epic because you just, you hit the top of these climbs and you see these lights from the towns and yeah. you can recognize, oh, that's that town and that's that town. It was just so incredibly gorgeous. And it's, even though there's lights from the towns, you can still see all the lights. And as a matter of fact, um, the constellation Orion, what, like you oh, could yeah. just see it clear. It was so clear. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to point that out that, I mean, this, Yes, it's a rugged course, but wow, the views, no matter whether it's day or night. Yeah, yeah that, that was a real highlight of it. And two, it's cool because when you got to each summit, you know, you're so close to the Hudson River. It really like it, the, the route parallels the Hudson on the east and the west side. So the whole time, like in the beginning, I remember when we were on Breakneck Ridge at mile 30, we're looking across the Storm King and you're like, oh, man. That's coming next. And then vice versa, when we were on Storm King, you could look over and see like, oh man, that's, we were, we were over there on, um, you know, breakneck and on Mount Beacon. So that was a really cool part of the course. You could just see every, everywhere you were going and where you came from as well. Yeah. How can we nudge our, our runner because she sees like these clients yeah. that are coming <laughs> so that she doesn't rest enough, but enough about that. Um, okay. So we get you back um, to the next crew. Um, yeah. By this time, it was afternoon. Uh, yeah, just slightly yeah. afternoon. Um, again, shout out to Ryan Thorpe. Uh, one thing that he did as a pacer that I, I've actually, you know, I've crewed and paced quite a bit, but he had his cell phone out. Oh, every single, he did not put it away yeah. to make sure that, you did not have to get any extra miles. And I, that was just so clever. Um, yeah. And we were able to like kind of time everything so that you got to your next crew. Um, mm -hmm. Right. I'm pretty much spot on. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the next uh, set of pacers. Yes. Yes. So um, once you guys took off, you brought me now this is the Turkey Hill trailhead. So this is, it's, I think it's actually technically in Harriman state park. It's like the very Northern tip mm -hmm. of Harriman that is mm -hmm. um, next to bear mountain. So we met there and uh, Grace was there and Jana came back. So Jana had done the night before, and then she came yeah. back in the morning. So this was the last section. So when we got there, it was around mile 80 and there was another like 15, 16 miles left. Um, so we did another hard reset. So I changed everything. They brought, um, some real food. I ate the food and then mm. tried to lay down. I was convinced that I was going to sleep at that point. Cause at that point yeah. I had been up for, I think it was like maybe 36 hours or so. Um, but I, I don't know what it was. I, the only thing I could think of is like, my brain was just so wired because of how technical the trails were that I wasn't able to just conk out. Um, so again, I laid down and 
I didn't sleep, but that like just getting off of your feet and like shutting your eyes for 30 minutes was, it was, it made such a big difference. Um, so we left that trailhead. Um, I think it was maybe around three o'clock or so and made our way over to Poplo Bentorn was the next big climb. And that has a bit of scrambling as well. So that was like mile 85. Uh, you're climbing up Popolo Open. If you've been there, there's like literally a rope that you're using to scramble. <laughs> I think I called you from the ledge once. Like, I don't yeah. know where I'm at. Uh, yeah, this is just, I, I don't know what the grade is in, compared to, in comparison to um, breakneck, but it seems pretty on par. It's pretty steep. I think some parts of the Popolo Open Torn are almost a little bit more challenging. It seems like breakneck they've gone back and they like, there's literally arrows painted on the ground every five feet. So, you know, which direction oh. to go, um, which I think that's just because it's so, it's so, there's so many people that flock to that mountain. Um, Popolo Open is a little bit less um, with the trail markers. So you're kind of figuring out which way to go. Um, but man, the views from, from that summit are just incredible as well. Um, so that was really fun, especially because uh, Grace, who was with me, that was like a really big Aww. thing for her to do those scrambles because she's not, you know, into the scramble life, which I know a lot of us aren't. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy it. I'm a little bit uncomfortable with it. Um, but that was so fun, like sharing that moment with her. And Jana did such a great job, like coaching her through. I remember trying to like say the words to Grace of like, OK, you should like use your hands on the knots. But they were all jumbled because um, I was so delirious. Understandable. <laughs> um, and we got to the top of Popolo Open. Um, I actually thought that I was hallucinating because there was a family of Orthodox Jews that were having some sort of choral, like a concert they were singing. And I remember like looking and seeing them and then looking back to Jana and Grace. And I, I was like, is that like, is that real what we're seeing? And, and they're like, yes, that is real. So, I mean, it was a strange sight to see at the top of a mountain on Sunday night. Um, but a little race, a little culture. It was very cultured on the top of the mountain. I'm sorry. But no, 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 it wasn't a hallucination. So, yeah. Yeah, that was a uh, Pope Lopen. And then we made our way down. And from there, we stopped at Fort Montgomery, which is um, a historical museum right below Bear Mountain Bridge. And we picked up um, Laura. So Laura came and she joined us for the last um, the last seven miles, which was the Bear Mountain climb after that. Excellent. And then that was that was like the last climb, right? That was the last climb. Yeah. So Bear Mountain is about 1100 feet in a little less than two miles. And, you know, the whole time I was kicking myself and we talked about this when I was with you and I was like, I just want to skip Bear Mountain because it's, you it's, did, you were trying to negotiate with us. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get out of it. I was like, can't we just skip Bear Mountain? Can't we skip no. it? And I remember you said you were like, I think you're really going to regret it if you skip, yeah. you know, if you change the course, uh, which you were right. Like I would have, I would have been mad at myself afterwards. Um, but it's a loop. So like, you don't have to do it again. Like you get back to Bear Mountain, like I pass my car and you pass the parking lot. Um, but we did it and I'm so glad we did. I mean, Bear Mountain is, is such a special pit place. It's probably, I think it's my favorite mountain in, in the Hudson Highlands and 
again, like the timing was amazing. We got to the top and it was just the end of sunset. So the sky was like purple and red. And um, that was another like really, really special moment. And I got emotional at the top as well. Like, cause I knew at that point, like, okay, it's done. Like all we have to do is get a few miles down, like descend off of the mountain. And um, just again, like sharing that moment with friends was really, really special. Yeah, I think there was another live video or or not a live video, but there there were definitely some choked up moments. Oh yeah, um, and yeah, I think it's yeah. really important for people to see that because um, in general you're very smiley and outgoing. That's your personality, but um, I mean this is ultra. This is the real deal, and it, I think it was really brave of you and honest and open to really show everyone all the sides of what you're going through when you develop this wonderful course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you said that because, you know, a lot of times social media can be just the happy and all the feel good. And I knew going into it, I wanted to share like the ups and the downs, not only like, cause I wanted to have it for myself to be able to look back and cause you have, you have ultra brain, right? Like after you finish a race, it's only a day or two and you're like, Oh, everything was like sunshine and rainbows. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. (laughs) But then when you have like stuff on your phone of like, oh, this is how hard it was, Um, Mm. you know, and just knowing like how many people had supported me leading up to this and like the whole year. I mean, it's not just this event. It was the whole year of sharing the journey. Um, Like I had made these YouTube videos throughout the year. Um, Mm. So I wanted to share it, you know, and uh, one, one friend commented like he reached out and was like, I'm so glad you just like, you really chronicled your, your demise into delirium so well over the course of the, of the country, which I'm glad, I'm glad that was, it was documented. There. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Um, let, let's actually go with that theme. Um, did you have any specific strategies or mantras um, when things became really difficult or overwhelming? Ooh, yeah, I think, you know, I went in with one of my mantras this whole year was um, uh, hike more, worry less. And so like when things get hard, just slow it down and hike, um, you know, just continuing to move forward. And I think a strategy was developed during the hundred because I'd only done 100 before this. And this was and that was also like a self-supported event. But that was at the Wachung Reservation. And I think it was a total of maybe 8,000 feet of climbing, if that, um, and not, not rugged trails. So, um, but I learned during this that like, first of all, the emotional swings that happen, it's like whiplash on how fast, like you can be like sky high. This is the best thing ever. I'm experiencing life to the fullest and I'm with my friends and I love this. And then like five minutes later, it's like, I am going to die on this mountain and I can't move any anymore. Yeah. The first time it happened was with you guys, we were climbing up black rock forest. And I remember like, I just was like freaking out internally and I felt sick. Like I felt kind of dizzy. I was like, Oh my gosh, like this wave of exhaustion. And, um, I think I had said like, can we just sit down for a second? And you said like, yeah, five minutes, let's just take a pause. And I learned after that, like, holy cow, five minutes to reset 
it made the biggest difference. Like number one, physically, like you get the weight off of your feet and there's relief with that. Like I put my feet up, elevated it again, like mm-hmm. closing my eyes because I hadn't been able to sleep. That was a reset physically, like just to like take out all the stimulation. Um, and then just like, I think emotionally just being able to like reset and chill. I remember it happened again later when we were in the military reservation together. Um, I said like, I need another five minute break. And you, Kaylin said to me, you were like, Kim, you know, it's okay to cry. Right? <laughs> I don't think I had seen you cry. <laughs> I mean, I'm a crier. So of course I'm going to say that, yeah. but you know, you're it's, it's a good re- release for your body physically. And you were so right. Yeah, no, no, it was, bawling. it was just like the tears were streaming down and it was almost it was like dramatic. <laughs> they were, they were gushing. They were gushing. <laughs> no, it wasn't it was that like, bad. Yeah. Like I felt like you, it was almost like, okay, you, you, not that I needed your permission, but somebody gave me permission to like, just let it out. And that, I mean, that too became a strategy because like later on as the race went on, like when I was starting to feel like this is really, really hard, I just was like, okay, let some tears out. And it, it's amazing. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of science behind the release that it gives you, but um, that is, <laughs> you would know, you were, you would know, right. <laughs> there really is. But, um, yeah, I'm glad. Okay. So that's great. Um, now that you've had the opportunity re- to reflect on this experience, um, I have some questions about that. So we all know that you're a race director. Did this, ex- um, setting up the course, you know, it, it looks even, it doesn't matter how well you look at a map or how no, how well, you know, map reading and terrain and everything. Is this going to really impact the way you as a race director develop courses in the future? Ooh, good question. Well, I know people are, <laughs> there's already been a couple people on the chat who have said, when is this going to become a race? Yeah. I can answer that and say it probably never will because the road section was extremely sketchy. Like it was Mm -hmm. not the place you wanted to be at night and lack of sidewalk. Um, I mean, I I never felt unsafe because we were with like a group of people the whole time. Um, But there's no way that would be permitted. Like it's, it would never happen. Um, So there's the answer to that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, it, I found such enjoyment in the course because I love training on those trails and, and, you know, the way I approach like trying to do a run venture is I'll look on the map. Usually it's a New York, New Jersey trail conference map and they have little stars on there that highlight, like, it means there's a good view. So that's usually how I make routes is I'll just, you know, draw on the map, connect the stars. Um, and I think, you know, everybody who came out to help crew and pace, like everyone said, like, this is such a beautiful, you know, these trails are so beautiful. They're so beautiful. Um, and so, you know, I always try to do that with Sasquad, um, with our races. It is challenging because New Jersey isn't especially, you know, say like we don't have the same views, access points as maybe other parts of the country, but there are still really pretty trails in New York and New Jersey. And I think that, you know, we saw a little glimpse of that this summer when we did the Harriman race, um, the feedback was overwhelming with how much people really enjoyed 
the, um, not only how challenging the course was, it was very technical, um, but also like the views were really incredible. So um, that's always in the forefront of my mind. But I think even more so now it's, you know, er, who doesn't like a good view? Like who, want, you know, yeah. who, if you can choose to climb a mountain with no view or climb a mountain with a view, everyone's going to choose, you know, the really pretty vistas. So I think uh, yeah. that'll just, it just reinforces, you know, let's make some courses that are really beautiful and also challenging. Yeah, I'll just fit this out there. I mean, we have a lot of New York runners that know those trails very well. And I wonder if somebody's going to figure out like a face, uh, safer passageway. <laughs> I know. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody makes an alternate route of like swimming across the Hudson, because you know, that's going to happen at some point. Hey, <laughs> rim to, uh, what is it? Rim to river to rim. That I know, exists. The yeah, the all athletes out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, swimmers. Um, so there's no doubt that this was tough. Perhaps the toughest thing you've done um, physically in sport. How has this changed your perception of your athleticism? Ooh, Kaylin, these questions. <laughs> oh man, you know. I think going into it, there, there was, there were a lot of questions in my mind of like, how, how well did I train this last year? And like, did I train, did what I do for training? Like, is that going to pay off? Like, am I going to see the work pay off in this hundred? Because statistics wise, it was half, it was exactly half of what Tahoe is going to be. Tahoe is 200 miles, 42,000 44,000 feet of climbing about that. And this was a hundred, a little less than 196 with 21, 22,000 feet of climbing. Um, you know, terrain wise, <laughs> we have a lot more rocks in the West coast. Um, oh, yeah. our trails are much, much more technical, but then they have elevation. So they have altitude. So I don't know if there's an equation that, you know, says how it evens out, but, um, so anyway, all that to say, there were a lot of question marks in my mind of like, did what I train the way that I trained, is that going to work? And so, you know, like I mentioned earlier, when I was having those IT band issues, I was really like, it was this mental spiral of like, holy cow, I just invested this whole year of like what I thought was really hard training. And, you know, I'm having mm-hmm. these issues now, like I'm not even going to finish this. Um, but then what turned out to be just, it was just like, for whatever reason, my IT band was locked up. And it, then it, once it was released, um, mm-hmm. I felt like rock solid. I did. My legs felt really, really good. The rest of the, the rest of the time, like we were after that release. Um, I feel like once we got up to sunrise, like once the sun came out again, we really started moving a little bit quicker um, and running mm-hmm. the downhills, you know, trying to run the flats. Um, so I think I just felt like, like all the confidence came back after that. Like I, I, I had felt really defeated. And then once we started moving again, I was like, oh man, like I feel really good. My only complaint at the end was that my feet felt like they were bashed with a baseball bat because of like how, how technical yeah. and rocky it was. Um, I don't know how you can avoid that. Um, if anybody knows, let me know. Um, Maybe time on feet time on feet, I guess maybe just more time on feet on that terrain, like more, yeah. you know, 
specificity training with that. Um, so my I think that's like really important because I hear of people going into these ultras with very minimal training and not having that exposure to the level of pain and being able to separate that and know what's normal and what's not normal. And even just having the expectation that might be a part of it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like I was saying, like my only complaints were my feet were hurting a ton and then I hadn't slept. Mm-hmm. So I was like really, really exhausted because yeah. by the time I finished, it took 40 hours and 20 minutes, but I had been up, you know, I had a drive to bear mountain, which was an hour away. So at that point I had been awake for like 44 hours or so. Um, so I was really tired. Um, but when I finished, I remember thinking like, I could, I could keep running like my legs. I remember consciously thinking like, I feel good enough to keep going. Like all I need is like, uh, a burrito and a nap and then we <laughs> keep going. Um, yeah. So to answer, yeah. To answer your question, I feel like it was, um, a little bit of a, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but I kind of, I feel like I almost surprised myself. Like, holy cow. Like I, you know, I was able to do this. Um, and then, and I was really doubting, like if, cause I said to you guys, I was like, if I can't do this, how am I going to do Tahoe 200? But by the end of it, I was like, okay. I know, I know that I can. You know, I'm so Um, glad to hear that because you were really doubting yourself. And, you know, another thing that we noticed is that and I'm sure all the pacers, you kept thanking us profusely. And it's really important to note that, you know, we're just there to nudge you along. This is all like in your brain, like you totally own this. It may have not felt like it, but I mean, you were climbing those climbs like a boss. So I just you know, uh, for any runner out there, yeah, we're all going to have doubts and pacers just help. That was all you. Thanks, Kayla. I remember you said that. I remember you said we were, um, I think it was in Black Rock and you had told me, because that actually, that was one of my strategies was like, I was trying to, instead of, I know I complained a lot, but I was trying to consciously <laughs> like not complain and thank you guys and just like express gratitude Um, but I remember you said, you said something like, I know you're saying like, it's really nice that you're, you know, expressing this gratitude, but like at the end of the day, you're the one doing this and it's you, like you, no one can take that away from you. And you're the one who's, who's finishing that. Um, which I don't, I, I hope I said, thank you. I probably said, thank you. I don't know what I said. You probably said thank you a million times because, you know, these hundreds are so difficult and whether you have pages or whether you don't really doesn't matter. It's, it's the person, it it has to come from inside and your, your real desire and your grit to get it done. Um, so great. Um, do you feel like you're ready for your 200 next year? I mean, you'll still have to train, but like, what, did you get pieces out of this that you're gonna, I mean, well, you have experience, but anything specific that you think, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to need this. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, I, you know, and I've said this, I think maybe to Robin or somebody that, you know, I was obviously still disappointed that Tahoe didn't happen, but I mean, this was so valuable. It's, inc- it's incredible. I mean, just the experience of, 
it was the hardest thing I've ever done for sure. Um, Matt Klein said that it's going what that it was harder than Tahoe. He said, he's like, what you just did is going is harder than what Tahoe will be. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true or not. We'll find out in June. Um, but oh. that speaks volumes, by the way. Um, also shout out to him. Is he not tr- uh, completing the triple crown as we speak? Yes, he um, yeah. as of like five o'clock. He was at like mile one. 40 or so. So I, I haven't yeah. checked the tracker in the last hour, but yes, he's on his way to finishing the triple crown. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm sorry if you could keep it. Was there anything else that um, you could really, you, you're like, oh, this, this will come in handy. Uh, so many things. I mean, the sleep thing, I definitely still need to figure out. I was so confident. I was like, I, there's, I have to sleep. There's no way I'm not going to be able to stay up that long. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was very surprising, um, to stay awake for that long. I think, um, nutrition wise, it was a challenge of like having real food with me the whole time. Like every time we stopped and met another set of pacers, they brought real food, which was amazing. Um, but because it was essentially, it was self-supported. Um, it was a lot of, bars. Like I, I don't think I've, I haven't had a Bobo bar uh, in the last two weeks. I probably won't for another few weeks. Um, but that I think was a challenge, um, which probably just, it, it involved just needing to plan more with that. Um, but knowing that like Tahoe is going to be a supported race, the aid stations are supposed to be like out of this world. That's going to be a lot easier. Um, you know, I think just learning emotionally the swings that happen and like how fast you can go from a high to a low and learning that like nine times out of 10, eating something will solve that problem. (laughs) Um, or just like getting off your feet for a few minutes will solve that problem. Um, you know, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful for the experience because it, it just not only for Tahoe 200, but just, you know, I think, it's really grown me as, uh, as a runner as well. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, let's see. Has it in, okay. So we know the 200 is your big goal, but has it inspired any other goals, whether in running professionally or anything else? Yeah, definitely. I feel like, um, like you kind of alluded to it earlier. I, it felt like once it ended, it kind of opened this like new chapter of like, wow, that was really crazy. And I really liked it. And I want to do more of that. (laughs) Um, I will, I will never do that loop again, ever. I will. You guys hear that? You guys hear that, right? (laughs) You got that that on recording. I will happily crew and pace whoever wants to to do it again. And, and I will help and share like all the resources that I came up with, but I'm not doing that again. Um, but it has made me think like, okay, that was really, really fun. And I got to see so many amazing, um, trails and mountains in the course of a, you know, basically two days, like what else, what else can we do? That's really fun like that. Um, it also made me like really want to do, um, an actual 100 mile race because I haven't done that yet. I've done, this is now the second hundred, but it's been self-supported run venture and uh, word on the street is like real races are much easier. <laughs> it's a lot less like 
planning and self-supporting and like you have to bring basically I mean like whatever I wanted to have I needed to bring it or give to pacers and crew ahead of time um so I think it'd be really fun to do an actual 100 and I think it'd be cool too to try doing it uh without a crew and pacers I think that would be a really cool experience that I'd like to try at some point um but yeah those are those are some of the ideas awesome awesome um, were there any questions that were dropped in the chat by any chance that you wanted to go over or let's, uh, let's take a peek in here. I know we got a lot of chat <laughs> here. Uh, let's see. I know somebody asked about when is it going to be a real race, <laughs> which I think we answered. Yep. Jeremy want to yeah. know, would you turn this into a future race? We answered that as well. If you guys, you're watching and have questions, you're welcome to, drop it here in the uh, live chat. Okay, I know you have to scroll through. I do have one more question and then we can also go into the trivia question. Oh, yes. There is one yeah. question here, but you you ask yours first and then I'll, I'll get back to uh, the chat. Okay, um, what is your, so this is outside of the right race or the, the project that you did. What is your most treasured running possession? Treasure running possession, like a piece of gear. It can be gear. It can be your mind. It can be anything you want. I will say that on a certain run venture up in the Adirondacks, somebody was terribly heartbroken when they left their poles. Yeah. I would say my trekking poles are very treasured. <laughs> yeah. They are. especially they are. for for that loop like oh it would have been rough without poles although both you you and ryan didn't have poles with you i don't think and i think um we did mention you were so uh funny that you asked how are you guys doing like and i'm like oh this is great this is a walk in the park because you know i think <laughs> ryan could probably speak to this also we this is kind of how we train and we're just doing a little sliver yeah. of what you were doing so it's kind of amusing to hear that <laughs> yes yes i would say my my poles are probably the most treasured possession <laughs> or the, the, you know what the water filter too i really like the the katahdin be free i've used that a ton uh, um this last awesome. you know, couple of years cool what was the question in the chat? There's actually um, a few of them here. So we've got, okay. um, what is your favorite food? What was the worst mountain climb? What song did you have on repeat? How do you connect Black Rock with Popolopin? And what real food item that somebody brought with you really helped you out? Um, so the food, hands down, the breakfast burrito was the best. Um, that came awesome. in around two o'clock on Sunday, Grace, Grace brought it. It was, I think it was intended for like 8 30 AM, but our, you know, got a little off schedule there. So, um, that was amazing. It was just a burrito that had eggs, bacon, um, maybe avocado in there as well. Uh, the burrito I had the night before was very, very good. That was from a place in uh, beacon. And that was, um, I think it was just like chicken rice, and um avocado in the burrito so um those were really good i would say the burritos were my favorite um the worst mountain climb i think 
Fishkill Ridge was just awful. <laughs> I don't really enjoy I don't enjoy Fishkill Ridge anyway. Um, it's just like it's very very technical. It feels longer than it says it is. Um, and you know we were there at night, so that we didn't really see views. Um, I was emotionally in not a very good spot. So Fishkill Ridge is probably the worst. <laughs> um, Jana wants to know what, what song I had on repeat. Yeah. So for whatever reason I had put on, um, I had this song on a playlist. I don't even know what it's about. I think it's about like some romantic breakup or something, but the lyrics, <laughs> well, usually I'm like very, very like, I'm very into the lyrics and lyrics are really important to me, but it was just the feel of the song. It had like a very like forward motion kind of felt like we were on a train. I put that on at um, Fort Montgomery. No, before that, I think it, it had been on for six hours on repeat. Like, and so that could, that could show you too, like how kind of out of my mind I was, but I just left it on repeat literally for six hours until the finish. Um, so that I think it's called, uh, it's by the band, the field. Um, and the name is you were, you were, so I'll actually, you know, I should really go and look at the lyrics. Cause I don't, I'm not even sure what he's singing about, but I like that song. A lot. <laughs> um, okay. John, John wants to know, how do you connect black rock with Popol open? Yeah. So this was a part that I was actually a little bit worried about when we were out there. And I kept telling Kaylin and Ryan, I was like, I really hope um, we're able to connect this because I hadn't, I hadn't been able to do that one section. Um, but I knew from Don Weiss with the trail conference that those trails were open. So it's actually a part of the West Point military reservation. It's only open seasonally. So I think it closes in November, but there are these, basically it's, these are like training grounds for West Point military Academy. And so these roads are used for military exercises and they're basically like flat, not, they're not flat. There, there were some rolling, I'm sorry, not flat. Kaylin's like, I was there. They weren't flat. No, they, weren't. <laughs> they, but they were, um, they were wide gravel roads, but they were definitely going up and down. So that's how you connected uh, Black Rock Forest into the top of Harriman. And from the top of Harriman from Turkey Hill, we were on, um, I believe it's the red trail that connects you to Black Rock, um, to Popolopin Creek, and you take the footbridge over, and from there you get on the Blue Trail, and that takes you all the way up to Popolopin Torn. Yeah, um, and can we just shout out the military real quick? Because those were, hands down, the best, no, scratch that, the cleanest set of pods. Oh, yes. Smokes. <laughs> can we talk about that for a sec? <laughs> That was amazing. Yeah. When we were on those, um, at the military reservation twice, we passed, it was probably like half a dozen porta johns all together. And they were like beautifully clean, spotless. Um, spotless. That was actually the only porta john I think of the entire 40 hours. So that was lovely. That was really nice. Yeah. So. They really hooked the military up. So good. I mean, they need that. <laughs> They should have that. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, we got one more question. This is from uh, my friend Sarah Kool-Aid, Sarah Weber. So she says, uh, oh, this is very nice. Thank you, Sarah. As the world's greatest RD, you're obviously a top-notch organizer and planner. 
Was there anything that you experienced or anything that occurred that was unexpected or that you didn't plan for? And how did you handle that? Yeah. So definitely, I think the timeline, Mm -hmm. I, I, I am like a dying optimist, right? So I was like, oh, it's going to take, let's, let's calculate three miles an hour total time for the whole thing. (laughs) Not thinking through all the variables of like, well, what happens if you want to sleep? I don't know why I thought three miles an hour would be an accurate measure of time. So that went out the window, uh, pretty much after I was on track, I did three miles an hour, um, by myself up to mile 30, uh, 22, but that was like, you had the one big climb with Anthony's nose. And then the Appalachian trail was, it was hilly, but not like crazy. But once Robin picked me up and we started going up breakneck Ridge, I was like, there's no way we are maintaining three miles an hour. <laughs> and, um, you know, so we, you guys had a group chat going on of all the, all the people who were coming and going throughout the race or throughout the run. So then it was a constant of like, okay, I think Grace was telling Grace was crew chief. She's like, all right, everybody needs to text when you're leaving, when you're starting. So then we can kind of calculate estimated time. So that was definitely, it was unexpected, but it probably shouldn't have been like, I, I I needed some sort of intervention. I think of like, you know what, I, I will say this on the record. So Robin, will be happy. She told me, she said, I don't really know if three miles an hour is like the best measure. It's probably going to take you a little longer. And I was like, no, 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 it's going to be fine. She's like, yeah, but we're doing like breakneck and Mount Beacon. I was like, yeah, but we're going to, we'll make it up on the downhills. Um, so Robin was right. <laughs> um, that was unexpected. I think the sleep thing, the sleep thing was very unexpected. I, I was convinced convinced I was going to be able to sleep. Like I had just come off of crewing and pacing at Bigfoot 200 for Matt. And I was able to take a a dirt nap while we were uh, making our way uh, on one of the pacing legs. And so I thought like, surely I'm going to be able to sleep during the run. And I, I just, my brain wouldn't shut off. So that's definitely something that um, I'm going to need to figure out for Tahoe. Cause I mean, I'm not, Courtney DeWalter like I'm not going to only sleep for one minute and be able to do 200 miles so I'm or wondering- maybe you can maybe there's something with that like power nap I don't, I don't know, know. <laughs> I don't know I, I, maybe and maybe it's a like I don't know if maybe the strategy is like well you just keep going until you literally can't keep your eyes open um yeah or maybe it's something where like, you have to unwind. Like, I felt like I could have, I could have slept if I had laid there for at least an hour just to like uh, chill and bring it down. But yeah. um, that's a long that, time though. Yeah. Then, then that it's, I mean, you're already out there for so long. Um, I think with Tahoe, you have more of a time, you know, you have more of a time bank um, with a hundred hours, but Anyway, that's, that's probably to be determined, Sarah. That's how, that's what I would say. Um, Grace is saying I need caffeine, you know, which is probably yeah. true. That's actually something that um, I told Dina who she, she's been helping me with nutrition and hydration. Um, I said, that was definitely something I should have done differently. Like once I realized that like sleep wasn't happening, um, I should have taken more of the caffeine caps. I had only taken one the entire time. And, you know, caffeine in that form, it's not meant to 
give you energy and like to make you run faster. Like caffeine, I think is like the intention is like to help you focus and to help you just like take, take the edge off of, you know, um, just how hard everything is. I don't know. For <laughs> me, the, the effect that caffeine has, it really affects my mood because I don't use caffeine at all, um, in everyday life. Um, so I think that I should have definitely like kept using the caffeine. So Grace, mm-hmm. you are a hundred percent correct. Um, and that's something I learned from it. And that, that's something I'm going to bring with me to Tahoe and, you know, doing more training the rest of the year is like, you know, but it was funny because I, I, you know, I told, I told Dina, I was like, I, I remember thinking I should take more caffeine. And I, I was with Grace and Jan at that point. And I remember thinking like, I need to tell them that I should take more caffeine, but like the, it, like I thought it, the thoughts didn't connect to what I needed to say. And I think that was just from being so tired. Like the caffeine was literally in my hydration pack side pocket. Like it wasn't like they, I had to go digging for it. All I had to do was take out the Ziploc pack and take one of the caps. Um, but I guess that's what That's really interesting that you say that because you, uh, they were, they paced you after us, right? Ryan and I, um, so you had actually mentioned a couple of times that as well, you're, you're borderline delirious as well. And we were concerned that you just needed more food, but you did (laughs) mention that you kept, so it's interesting. Yeah. You did mention it a couple of times before you even got to them. Yeah. I think the, the caffeine and having more real food was, was probably like the two biggest things I could have done better. Um, because I definitely did get, I got behind on calories and, and hydration when I was with you guys. Cause I was just, mm-hmm. it was, we were out there for 12, 12 hours, 12 hours of eating the 12 hard. hour marathon, 12 hour. Well, it was closer to 30. Let's, let's say that it was close to Fair 30. Enough. <laughs> But yeah, that's like, that's a yeah. long time to be eating Bobo bars, you know, and, and like trail mix and stuff like, so I think that's definitely something I can do better in the future with. <laughs> cool. So did you want to tackle this trivia question? Yes. Yes. You should. Yeah. You so I think only one person can kind of be excluded from this in all fairness. Yeah. And that or two people and the well, the night pacers should just be excluded. And I know that uh, to be fair, in the um, actual event, you did allude to where you could find this answer. Um, And it's in your race report, which is on your Facebook page. Correct. Correct. So take it away. What was the question? I hope everybody's ready because the first person to respond. If they get it. <laughs> yeah. So get on your keyboards here and whoever is the win- whoever types it first in the chat, that's who will receive the fast pack bag. So the question is, what new word did Kim learn during the hundred mile run? <laughs> that is the question. And that's a legit question. It it really happened. Like, what is that word? My <laughs> vocabulary grew during the hundred mile run. What does uh, it mean? <laughs> oh, yes, we've got a winner, Rosie. <laughs> Congrats! The word was, and I'm probably still not going to say it right. Curmudgeon. Curmudgeon. Yes. Curmudgeon. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's how your behavior was in the middle of the night <laughs> on Storm King. I was really curmudgeon and I was like, you guys are, that's not even a real word. That's not even real. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean? Tell me. And then I remember trying to like repeat it later on in the run. I was like, curmuffin? What was it? That's what you said. Curmuffin. <laughs> and we were like, wait, doesn't everybody know this word? <laughs> so run an ultra you'll learn a new word or two <laughs> uh awesome all right so uh rosie we will get that the uh bag to you so um bailey no yeah. it was not it was not ceviche or ceviche like i like to say uh, we had a we had a couple of words uh, a couple of people said curmudgeon but um uh, Rosie was the oh. first, so she's the winner. <laughs> Congrats. Maybe she can DM you her uh, yeah. address. Yeah, I've, I, I've, I probably got her address from race, uh, race registrations. Awesome. Well, Kim, thank you so much. Uh, I, I, it was a pleasure to have a small part of it. Um, and congrats. That was tough. It was wicked tough. Kaylin, thank you so much. I, I so appreciate you doing the interview and, um, you know, I'll say, I'll say it again to the folks that came out. I mean, just amazing, amazing. The support, um, again, like I mentioned earlier, like everyone's lives are so busy and to just like, like, yeah, I'll be there. What time, what do I need to bring? That's what everybody said. And not only did, you know, the people who came out, my friends came out, to the event, but, um, so many people, oh my gosh, so many friends reached out to me, um, through social media, through text, phone calls, uh, before, during, after I, I think when I, when I had finished the run, I had had like, it was something crazy, like 75 or 85 text messages that were unopened <laughs> because, um, it was just, it was, I was not only out of my mind, but it was so technical to keep pulling your phone out to read the text. Um, but, um just thank you so much everybody is supporting and um it was an incredible experience so if you're interested in tackling this route just let me know because i will support you in any way that i can i am so excited so i i, I shared it on the fastest known time website to get the route up there officially i cannot wait to see who's going to get out there and just tear up the trails. Um, I'm so, so, so excited to see that. So seriously, if you're interested in it, just let me know. And um, I'll, I'll give you all the info that I have. And um, I would love to support you as well. If you want, you know, Pacer or um, crew, I'm just, I'm not doing it again, but I will support whoever wants to go out there. <laughs> and congrats and good luck on next year, your 200. Thank you, Kaylin. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. We had a lot of folks watching tonight. That was very fun. Um, the chat was very fun as well, seeing your comments. Um, so thank you for watching live. Uh, if you missed this, you can catch the replay on our Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com slash Running. And then we will upload this to our podcast, which is available anywhere podcasts are streaming. You can catch the replay on that so uh until we see you again keep it squatchy